My name is Thais Gibson and I'm the co-owner and creator of the Personal Development School. This is your daily breakthrough video and in this video I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the experience of codependency as a fearful avoidant attachment style individual. So if you haven't already, please go back and check out my earlier video about the difference between codependency and hyper sorry, hyper independence and then our healthy middle ground, which is what we are seeking, which is interdependence, the ability to rely on other people, connect to other people and know that we need people in order to function to a certain degree, but that being in balance with the ability for ourselves to show up, regulate ourselves, meet our own needs, and be able to depend on and rely on ourselves simultaneously without some kind of mutually exclusive relationship for one or the other. So um, in that video, I go through a lot of sort of the differences and the nuances, and the reason that that might be important before you start and dive into this video is really because that video talks a lot about um, our two polarities and the codependency experience as a fearful avoidant actually has the ability to sort of polarize from one extreme to the other, which is unique. So we're going to talk a lot about what that means, um, specifically the experience of being codependent as a fearful avoidant and some steps and strategies you can use. Um, I have a tremendous amount of support inside of our school for this specific issue because literally um, something we don't realize is that codependency literally impacts all of our relationships, our friendships, our family relationships, our relationship to ourselves, our romantic relationships, relationships to children, which I guess are a part of family relationships. But there's such an impact even all the way to our working relationships. And whenever we don't know how to take ourselves into consideration, set our own boundaries, or when we don't see, hear, and understand other people, as themselves, but instead through our expectations of them so they fit in, into our lives and meet our needs, whenever we're in that dynamic, it really impacts all areas of life. And it really puts a lot of emphasis in relationships in a negative way that we don't necessarily want. We want to feel like we have healthy, thriving, fulfilling relationships where both parties are seen and heard and understood and roots are deep. And, and so, you know, I really want to provide a lot of support in general around this topic, because I think it's an absolutely extremely important topic as a whole. So um, inside of the school, if this is something you decide you want to work on or like really focus on, this is the, the um, order that I would highly recommend doing the courses. I would start with the needs course because it's like your subconscious course, understanding your subconscious needs and like who you are at the core. Then I would go through um, the emotional mastery and belief reprogramming course. It's going to teach you how to self-soothe. It's going to teach you about emotional regulation and your patterns. Then I would go into the boundaries course. So you know how to then express your needs and your fears and feelings. Then I would do the um, strengthening self-identity course, which is then the ability to like bring that out into the world. And of course, the codependency course as a whole, which will teach you all the new on components of codependency and how to put an end to it and transform all of it. So this will help like literally move you out of that slump altogether. We do have a bundle that we're releasing inside of the school just for those courses, um, as sort of like a package discount rate. But I also highly recommend um, doing the with you discount and just joining as a full access member or jumping in as a lifetime member while we have our, our promotion until October 10th. Um, and that gives you access to all of the courses plus so many other courses, the other 30 or whatever or so courses that are in there plus all of the hundreds of webinars we now have are you know not hundreds but like I guess tens of hundreds like we have like 150 or 160 um, and and all the ongoing webinars and our community and our discord channel and our internal chat um, panel all these different things so um, coupon code with you 25% off for the three to six month three six 12 month 
packages, um, or you can use that on the lifetime membership that's currently active or just the bundle itself. So um, let's talk about this in more detail. So, so what is the actual emotional experience as a fearful avoidant? Well, we know first and foremost that codependency as a whole is sort of designated by like the excessive um, emotional or psychological, sometimes even physiological reliance on a partner. And that what this creates is sort of an addictive pattern between two parties. And usually this blurs the lines between self-identity and personal boundaries, which then results often in quite unhealthy, toxic, sometimes resentful dynamics. So when we talk about codependency specifically, this polar end of the spectrum is like the other person obliterates self. The other person, so I get into a relationship and the other person takes such precedence or is so prioritized over me that um, as a byproduct of that, myself becomes obsolete. And of course, it's not actually going to be like exactly obsolete, but largely obsolete, right? It's like self becomes thrown out the window and unimportant and not prioritized, not seen, heard, understood. And the only thing that can really come out of that is resentment and frustration and sometimes even depression um, because it's we're so out of control with having our needs met, understanding our needs, regulating, and because unmet needs, when that happens consistently, produces a negative emotional output. When we have unmet needs, we're going to have consistent negative emotions because those emotions are actually there to try to get our attention and let us know, hey, something's out of alignment and pay attention. But if we are not, and we're only focusing on what's outside of us in a relationship dynamic, because maybe one of our needs is, is to have closeness in a relationship, but we associate that with safety and survival. And then it becomes dysfunctional because we become hyper-reliant on that person instead of inter-reliant or interdependent. As soon as we go down that rabbit hole, um, there's going to be chaos in some form. Okay. So what does this look like for the fearful avoidance specifically? Well, something that's so interesting that we should start off by recognizing is that the fearful avoidant usually starts as the codependent, okay? And, and then they can sort of become the hyper-independent individual when they are triggered. So usually they swing. And usually as long as things are going well in the relationship and they're happy and they feel good or they feel seen, heard, understood, loved, they feel like things are flowing, they're quite codependent. But this really means that they're, they're feeling more responsible for other people's feelings than their own. They are usually um, prioritizing their thinking, their like they're prioritizing their time for somebody else rather than themselves. And there's not an equal consideration of both. And so when we look at the fearful avoidant, what you'll see is first and foremost in their, their codependent parts, usually they're feeling more for, the, for others rather than themselves. And it's not necessarily that they're truly feeling other people's feelings, but there's so much more focus on external, on the person I'm in the relationship with. And there's so much more hypervigilance around that person that the moment, let's pretend this is me and let's pretend I'm a fearful avoidant and I am going into a relationship dynamic. The moment I'm around that person or I'm talking to them or texting, whatever it is, I'm so focused on them that it's not possible to be focused on myself at the same time. It's like the hypervigilance and the polarity of focus is so displaced to over here that I can't take, there's no room left over for me to take myself into consideration. And what that results in is self-abandonment and this like mutually exclusive relationship between self and someone else. And this is part of why you'll see sometimes fearful avoidance being like long bouts of life, long periods of life where they're single is usually because they've built in so many negative emotional associations 
to what it means to fully lose myself in order to be in a relationship that they'd rather just stay away at, despite that intense interpersonal drive to connect. And so that is the profound negative consequence of what it's like to be so codependent to the point where you lose your sense of self. And then there's a natural resistance or hesitation to get back into relationships because what that's actually reflecting is a, how painful it was to abandon yourself so deeply in the past. And also the recognition at a subconscious level that, oh my goodness, the moment I get into a relationship, I don't trust myself to have myself, to keep myself and to have you too. And so I'd rather just stay here where I know that I'm safe. And so I want you to recognize that that's number one, one of the most important parts of the fearful avoidance expression of codependency is that it's, there's this way of loving that's mutually exclusive between self and other. It's like, it's either me or you. And that's not how relationships are supposed to be. And if you're feeling that way, that just means you have work to do on your pattern so that you can have both and so that you can feel safe in both and so that you can love yourself and be open and clear and cognizant and communicate and show up for yourself. And you can be that way to somebody else. And it's absolutely possible. So that's a really important thing, number one. And what that requires on, on just at a high level is that requires for you to be able to learn what your feelings are, what your needs are, get in touch with when your feelings are communicating something, being out of alignment, understand your fears or your wounds, and to be able to bring those things into a relationship dynamic in a healthy, um, productive form. So for you to be able to say, for example, hey, like, I recognize that I'm feeling that I need X, Y, and Z. And for you to be able to notice that you have these needs and then to communicate them to another person. Or, hey, I notice that I have a boundary here. And to be able to show up for that boundary or notice you have a fear and be able to regulate that fear yourself and question the stories that make up that fear, but also to be able to share that in a healthy, productive format with a partner so that you can say, hey, can you be mindful of this fear until I work through it in full? And for you to feel empowered to communicate that. And as a byproduct, when you do that, you then learn to be able to hold that same kind of space for another person. And you even learn through the excessive, consistent communication, not excessive, but consistent communication of that to be able to understand um, what somebody else's fears might be from their own perspective, from their own programming. And instead of just projecting what they must feel from your perception, like I would feel hurt, so they must feel hurt, or I would be fine about that, so they must be fine. They're just overreacting. To actually be able to be like, oh yeah, because they have this wound or this fear or this need, then when I did this thing, they must feel this way, which might be different than what I would feel in the situation, but you can understand something from their perspective. And that's proper empathizing. Sympathizing is when we just assume feelings or we feel generally bad from somebody based on the projection of how we would feel in the situation. Empathizing requires truly seeing another person. And, you know, it's, it's a nuanced thing, but the impact of the difference is profound. Okay, so I really like I, I really want you to get that if, if you have the time or you want to go listen to that part again for a moment just to really deeply understand that it's, it's a very important component. So another couple things about fearful avoidance is they often feel very responsible for other people. Okay. And, um, they can often put themselves in a position where they're thinking like, I'm responsible for your feelings. Now, why is this? 
This is often a reflection of their childhood, usually a fearful avoidant in some form or another for some period of time, either because of direct um, enmeshment with a caregiver, so a caregiver actually you know, dumping their feelings or relying on the child or young adults, like maybe they were drinking and they needed to rely on the child to take care of them, or maybe they didn't have an emotional outlet, so they shared all their feelings with their child, even though that might have been too much for the child to handle. In some form or another, um, fearful avoidance learned, wow, other people are not okay, and they learned that they actually got some form of emotional connection through being there for somebody else. So if you had, for example, like an alcoholic mother who, or a drug addict parent in some form or a grandparent that you spend time with, whatever it might be, you might've not really had a lot of connection because that person's going through their own challenges. But then suddenly when you're caretaking, maybe they'd be like, oh, thank you. I love you. Or they would kind of be like sweet and kind and present or doing those things was how you were, how you allowed yourself to feel safe. So if things were really chaotic, but then you knew that I can show up and I can fix it in some form, you might have built positive emotional associations about empowerment, control in an uncontrollable environment, safety, because you felt like you could do something or there was some cause and effect, um, some pattern that you could adapt to. So, so usually there will be some really strong component here of um, not only do you, were you made to feel responsible for other people's feelings, and so it's a subconscious comfort zone, um, and you'll likely be more um, hypervigilant about focusing on others than self because that was part of your patterning, but also um, you usually derive some kind of sense of self, of safety, and you usually have a belief that, well, I'm fine, but others are not. And so that, that protectiveness of other people can eventually become self-destructive to you. So my protectiveness of others that's so focused on protecting them is a byproduct of the polarization of how protective I am of these people means that nobody's here to protect me because I'm so busy protecting them. Nobody's here doing my protection. And that's a huge thing for fearful avoidance that usually you don't realize. And that protection can come in forms like self-care. It can come in things like just feeling your own feelings and sitting with them and making space for them, communicating them to other people, letting your needs be made equal to somebody else in a relationship, letting your boundaries matter and be heard. And sometimes the absence of that is based on this belief that you're responsible for other people and it's okay to push yourself to the back because you always survive, you're always fine, but others are not. And that's not necessarily a reflection of the truth. That's a reflection of your previous programming that you're reprojecting back out onto the present. And often fearful avoidance learn that the hard way, usually because it's like something really, there's like a rude awakening, like, whoa, you have to take yourself into consideration too. Maybe you have a health issue, maybe you have something kind of show up and it can be because of this belief. I'll always be fine. I'm good, but others are not. And so that's a really important thing. And that's a huge part of the, co the experience of a fearful avoidant as a codependent. Another couple of things I wanted to note in here is that um, there can be a huge fear of the loss of identity um, because knowing that you'll be engulfed by a relationship because usually you engulf yourself without meaning to. It's a subconscious, again, set of programs or coping mechanisms from past experiences, but then also that can lead to hyper-independence. So it can lead to those like belts where it's like, no, I need to keep everybody away. And again, as I mentioned in the past, it's like, 
that extremely strong boundary is actually a reflection of you being afraid to set all the little boundaries underneath or show up for all the little boundaries underneath. So that extreme boundary is an overcompensation and it's actually letting you know that I'm afraid or I don't trust myself to speak up about all of my needs all the time and show up consistently for my needs and consistently for my boundaries. So because I don't trust myself to do that, I know I just have to keep everybody at bay to a stronger degree. And so that's a really important thing to recognize as well. And then some other really important components. And again, there's so much more and there's so much inside of the school about this stuff in detail and how to reprogram it and, and work through it and, and benefit and thrive after it. Um, but what I want you to know too, is that often when you're in a relationship, thoughts about others are way more focused there than on self emotions and how other people must feel are often way more focused on others than self. And as a byproduct of that, you usually repress your own emotions and feelings and situations. And sometimes because fearful avoidance can be like mind readers, not actually, but they're so hyper attuned that they, it's sort of like they're batting high on their ability to read other people. Sometimes just a byproduct of that is, well, if I'm going to show up and basically read your mind and do all these things for you, the moment somebody doesn't you know, do something back for you or forgets to do something small, this creates a context for so much resentment and sometimes a little bit of emotional dysregulation or volatility to take place because it's like, oh my God, if I'm going to show up 10 out of 10 all the time and I'm literally going to give my identity away to be in a relationship with you, how could you not take me into consideration when you forgot to drop off this thing you said you would? And it can be something small, but the ramifications or what it represents because of the imbalance it represents from like a principle of the matter perspective is so drastic that it's so painful. And so it's like, if I'm going to give, if I'm literally going to throw myself away to be in this relationship with you, and then you can't remember to drop off the one thing and do that small favor, that must make me so unimportant, so irrelevant, so unworthy of love. And then that's extremely painful as an experience for a fearful avoidant. And what I want you to recognize is that it's not that that's that you're so irrelevant or unimportant. It's that you have that dynamic that's a little bit dysfunctional in relationship to self in the first place where you throw yourself away that then creates that context, right? And if you could take yourself into consideration and express your needs and feelings and boundaries, if somebody forgets something, you would take it at face value. It would be like, oh, they forgot to do something. It's okay, people forget things. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't have all this inherent meaning because of what you did in the relationship to yourself first. And again, it's not your fault. It's not that you're like bad or dysfunctional, but it's a reflection of painful programming that needs to be corrected, okay? Um, another couple things, sometimes out of a relationship, you can have a bit of an identity crisis because you've been so focused there. Um, then when you have that swing where it's like, oh, somebody didn't meet my needs back or somebody didn't read my mind back the way I do for others, right? Which is like, I, I'm sure some of you will resonate with that. But then when that doesn't happen, then you become hyper-independent for a period of time. You become the polar opposite version of yourself to try to equilibrate from the pain you're experiencing. So it's important to recognize that. Um, and then also another big piece I want you to know um, is that sometimes, sorry, my phone keeps ringing. I hope you can't hear it. Um, sometimes um, fearful avoidance also, because they're so good at understanding somebody else's perspectives when they choose to, sometimes a healing fearful avoidant will put themselves so much more in somebody else's perspective that as a byproduct, they justify 
prioritizing other people's feelings again or not having boundaries or like, oh, I know they didn't mean anything by it. And I understand what was motivating the behavior. So it's okay. And while that's a really important first step, if the step ends there, it becomes highly dysfunctional and counterproductive. It's important that you're able to look at somebody else's sponsoring intentions for their actions, understand them, not personalize it, but then also follow that up by taking yourself into consideration, expressing yourself, letting somebody know, even though I know you didn't intend to be dismissive or cold, and I know that it was because you're stressed and rushing, this is my experience from it. And here's what I need instead. And you have to show up for me and be mindful about that. Because even though your actions aren't intended to be rude, they still come across that way. And it's still going to have some kind of emotional impact eventually. So that's just an example, like a, a random example. But what I'm saying here is it needs to be depersonalizing it from the perspective of like, oh, I see where the sponsoring intentions are coming from. The person's not intending to be rude or cold. They're stressed. And I notice that this person gets shut down and, and becomes that way when they're stressed. And my feelings and my needs matter at the same time. And we still need to have a conversation. Um, and then the last thing I will say here, because I know this is a long video, is um, sometimes fearful avoidance will be big caretakers, which is also part of codependency because it's the idea or belief that I'm responsible for you instead of responsible towards you or responsible for myself while I'm around you. And that can also be to avoid conflict at times, like not wanting the other person to be in pain or sometimes diminishing own feelings to not have a conflict now, but usually for a fearful avoidance that becomes a conflict later. So there's so much I could still say about this. I'm like trying to like <laughs> stop it. Um, but there's so much on this topic that's extremely important and, and, and it impacts our mental, emotional well-being more than anything else. Yes, it impacts our relationships, all those other things, but I would still say that's even secondary to like how we feel about our self-esteem, how we feel about our trust towards ourselves, how we feel about our ability to stand up for ourselves and show up in the relationship to ourselves, to direct our lives, to feel in control of our lives, to feel self-loving and caring towards ourselves to get our needs met and feel empowered to do so. Like all of those things affect your mental, emotional well-being. So I feel like I'm making these videos today and they're like very intense and like very strong about them. Um, so I hope I'm not being too much, but I just really want to share the importance of this topic and issue. And I want you to know that these things are changeable and they will impact every other area of your life as a result. So Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for being here. Please like, share, and subscribe to this channel. It's super helpful for me, and I will see you in the next video.